But of course, the enemy wants a seat at the table too. Anxiety wants a seat, envy wants a seat, worry and frustration want a seat. But don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Look up, go up, you're invited up the mountain of God. Move towards infinite power, splendor, love and beauty, healing and restoration. When we gaze upon the Almighty, we are changed by the captivation. Empowered to take every thought captive in the battle of the mind. Shame is silenced by his glory and our future redefined. So draw near to Jesus. The shepherd is good. Our God is faithful. Take the place prepared for you and don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Well, good morning, Crossroads. We are diving into week two of this series, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And I just wanna start out today by inviting you to lean in and listen to what it is that God is gonna speak into your life today. This is something that it makes a huge difference in our lives when we realize that the enemy has a seat at our table, when we realize that we've been listening to the lies of the enemy. Uh, There's a realization that occurs that not only have I given the, the enemy a seat at my table, but there's also the truth that he does not belong at that table and he does not have to stay there. And I am praying and, and hoping today that you will hear the voice of Jesus speak to you today and that you will have victory today over any lie that the devil, that the enemy has been speaking into your life. And I just want you to prepare your hearts and your minds today, no matter where you're watching, whether you're in this room, whether you're outside at drive-in or joining us from anywhere, online, St. Pete, Nashville. Listen, Mishawaka's out in the park today. They are brave in some weather. They're taking, they rolled the dice. They said, it's not gonna rain. And I don't think it's going to. I think God is blessing that today. So good for them. This is great. But here's the thing. I want you to think about as, as the, the Spirit speaks to you today, as you hear the voice of Jesus speak to you, if there is a lie that the devil has been telling you that you realize today, this has been true in my life. I've allowed the enemy to have a seat at my table and it's time for that to end. I, I want you to be ready to respond today and just say no. The enemy does not have any place at my table. That's an invitation that God has prepared for me. And I just want you to be ready and willing to respond today and to leave with a breakthrough in your life, victory over the lies that the enemy has spoken into your life. Uh, This this series today is based off of Psalm 23, and I want to dive into that uh, just just to make sure that we're on the page, same page, we have the same starting point today. So let's read through Psalm 23 together. David writes this, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What an amazing statement of faith that is. We talked about this last week, but I want to make sure we're on the same page. When the Lord is my shepherd, when God is the one who is leading my life, that's when I find I am in this place where I lack nothing. That's the first thing that David proclaims in this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I lack nothing. Now, when I am my shepherd, when I allow something else to be my shepherd, when something else aside from God is leading my life, I find myself lacking a lot of things. But when the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And what does life look like when we put God in charge, when he is my shepherd, when he is leading me? Well, he leads me to green pastures. Sometimes those are green pastures I didn't even know I needed. He leads me beside quiet waters. He gives me everything I need. He refreshes my soul. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil because he is with me. And I love the statement that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I'm telling you guys, we can't get away from this. This is not a table that's, you know, just in the middle of nowhere, you know, in a skyscraper looking down on your enemies going, ha, 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 poor saps, I'm here at the table with God, they have no place here. No, what God does is he prepares a table for you and for me in his presence, in, in the presence surrounded by all of our enemies. And what I love about that is that it doesn't matter what chaos in life is surrounding me, what hopelessness or, or just chaos that I'm experiencing, in the middle of that chaos, in the middle of the craziness of life, in the middle of, of the pain and the brokenness and the hurt, God's right there. He's prepared a table for us and he's saying, hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm here to spend time with you. I, I love you and I'm here for you. What can I give you? Tim, I prepared this table just for you. I mean, we talked about this last week. Not a vegetable on this table. That's just how I like it. This week, he even provided cookies. And I think these are Amish made. Amish cookies. I mean, you can't beat that. I need, I need to have a table with cookies on it every time I preach. That's all I'm going to say. This is, this is why. This is good. This is perks that I never thought of until this moment. And I need to have these. Only green M&Ms. I'm just kidding. Okay. Again, I took too big of a bite of that cookie. It was my bad. So Jesus prepares this table for us. It's an invitation to, to intimate fellowship with the king. And this is an invitation that he offers each and every one of us. And I want you to think about this question today. Who is at the table with you? When you are invited to sit down at this table with Jesus, as great as this spread is, as great as this table looks, it's not about what's, at, or what's on the table. It's about who's at the table with you. You are having an intimate fellowship, a personal discussion with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, your creator, God. He loves you with an extravagant love and he's offered this invitation just for you to sit and dine with him. And that's the life that he's called us to. No matter what's going on around, no matter what surrounds us, no matter what the enemy is trying to do in the middle of the chaos, this is the invitation that I'm invited to with Jesus. So, so here's what happens. Can we just talk about this for a second? Don't forget that the enemy is all around trying to get a seat at this table. It says in 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I mean, that's the picture of the enemy. He's not passive. He's not just waiting for something to happen. No, he's on the prowl. He's like a lion. He's waiting in the, you know, the weeds, the tall grass, just waiting to pounce, looking for that moment of weakness. And he is doing everything he can to sneak his way on to get a seat at the table with you. And it's a seat at a table that he is not invited to. But man, he is good at just worming his way in and getting a seat at this table. And I don't know about you if this has ever happened to you, but <laughs> it's really irritating when, when you have a table for two 
and someone else tries to join into that party uninvited. Has anybody ever had that happen to them? Uh, in real life, that's happened to me. I actually went out to lunch with a friend one time, this is years ago, and we were sitting at a table, having a good time, going out for lunch with friends, catching up. And uh, it had been a while, so we're catching up, we're talking, and he suddenly just started asking me kind of strange questions. It was at the Applebee's. We were getting fancy like Applebee's. That's what we were doing. We were going fancy like Applebee's, out to dinner, over lunch, having a good time talking, catching up. And then he started asking me these, these strange questions like, hey, uh, you know, what are your dreams and goals in life? Do you feel like you struggle accomplishing those? Have you ever wondered how you could accomplish those goals and dreams in your life? And I'm going, what, what's going on with this conversation? Where are we going? Finally, he said, you know, I've started this new uh, program. I take classes, and just for $400, you can take these classes too. In fact, my life coach, Steve over here, would like to tell you more about it. And suddenly, there's a guy named Steve, who's someone's life coach, <laughs> sitting at the table with me talking about this program, how I can reach my goals and dreams. I'm going, guys, stop it. I, I'm here for Applebee's. I'm here for a good conversation with my friend, the catcher. I don't want to talk to Steve. I'm living my good life. I'm living my dreams. We're, everything is good here. Go, get away from me. I was nicer than that, but I didn't want to be. Those are the times when I'm a pastor, and I know that everybody around me knows I'm a pastor, and if I say what's on my mind, it'll come back to bite me. So... What is this? This is a diet bar. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> that did not belong at the table. That was uninvited. <laughs> so as, as weird as that is, right? Like, you know, random Steve comes up, wants to be my life coach. No. No, you're not invited to this table. <laughs> That's how the devil is. That's how the enemy is. He sees you having dinner with the king. And that's the last thing the enemy wants to see us having is intimate fellowship with our creator God. That's the last thing he wants to see. So what does he do? Well, he's on the prowl. He's like a lion. He's, he's trying to do everything he can to devour us. Remember, the enemy, the thief, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's his mission. Jesus is saying, hey, I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. And that comes when I'm sitting at the table and recognizing and leaning into the fact that the Lord is my shepherd. And when I'm focusing on the king, I don't lack anything. In the middle of the chaos and the presence of my enemies, I'm able to still have intimate fellowship with my creator God who loves my soul. And I don't want you to forget that today. That's, that's where you've been invited. And the enemy is doing everything he can to knock you off of that invitation, to knock your eyes off of the king and to steal that joy, to kill your spirit and to destroy your soul. And I want to encourage you today to lean in. Lean in to who Jesus is and the invitation that he is offering you to experience life to the fullest with him because life at the table is good. Life with the king is a life where you find yourself lacking nothing. But here's the thing, we've got to recognize when the enemy's on the prowl, when he's doing everything he can to get a seat at our table. And I think a lot of times it's good for us to ask this question, how do you know the enemy is at your table? It's a good question, just kind of analyze where you're at in your relationship with Jesus, what it looks like in real life. Are you embracing this opportunity that you have in your life and this invitation to have dinner with the king? Have you sat down with Jesus and are you experiencing intimate fellowship with him? Or... Has the enemy, uninvited, you know, snuck in and taken a seat at that table? Let's talk about this for a second. How do you know the enemy is at your table? Well, the enemy, the devil, is the father of lies. 
And I think, you guys, I want you to lean in now to this today. I think now more than ever, we're seeing the lies that the devil speaks into our lives. And I think the first lie that the devil throws at us is this lie of comparison. And I want to explain that. When I say the lie of comparison, what we're talking about here today is you're entertaining the idea that it's better at another table. Can we just stop and process that for a second? The lie of comparison. I think the enemy, the first thing he does is he tries to get you to think that, you know, this table's good and all, but there's some other tables around us. Like, oh, look at that table over there. You know what? Those people are partying and having a real good, it looks like that table's a lot more fun than my table with Jesus. I mean, there was a diet bar on this table not too long ago. How fun can that be? And, and we start comparing ourselves with everything that's going on in life around us. And, and, and think about this for a second. In the day and age that we live in, uh, right now we're you know, consumed with social media. It's hard to go very long without checking your status and see what everybody else in life is doing. Think about how that lie of comparison plays into our worlds today. Think about how it looks when all we see are the highlights of other people's lives, right? All we see is life through the filter. It's, it's the perfect picture, like, this is my life all the time. We're so happy, perfect marriage, perfect kids. And you're like, well, that's not my life. I wish I had that life. No one posts on social media, like, I had a fight with my wife last night. I don't see that very often. If you do, that's pretty dysfunctional. I just want you to know that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the lie of comparison, right? We look around and see what everybody else has, and I think that the first thing that the devil does, and you see this all the way back to the beginning. I mean, with Adam and Eve, he kind of snuck his way to their table, right? He's going... Hey, did God really say don't eat the fruit from that tree? Did God really say don't, don't have that fruit? Because I think he just doesn't want you to have it because of how amazing life is going to be when you eat the fruit. It's the lie of comparison. And if you've been falling into that trap, I want you to know, man, the ultimate life that you've been created for, the life that you find as a child of God, created in his image, the life that you are searching for comes from this life that is focused at sitting at the table with Jesus, doing life with him. Don't, don't allow yourself to fall into the trap of comparison, to fall into that lie that somehow, some way, sitting at a different table than this one with Jesus is a better place to be. Because that's what the devil's going to try to get you to do first and foremost, is to get you to take your eyes off of Jesus, to think it might be better somewhere else. Guys, this is the table. This is the place that you've been created for. Keep your eyes locked on the king. So the second lie, which is Man, it's really difficult to wrap your mind around sometimes because it's so painful. But it's the lie of of hopelessness. You find yourself thinking that you're not going to make it. And I'm telling you guys, over the last couple of years, as we've gone through a global pandemic and people have been isolated and, and you see just this growth of hopelessness in our culture. You you see people who are giving up and really struggling, really feeling overwhelmed. I want you to know today that this lie of hopelessness, man, as overwhelming as that may be sometimes, I want you to know that there is always hope. And if you're here today, if you're joining us and you're thinking yourself right now, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I want you to know that whatever voice is telling you you're not going to make it, that is the voice of the enemy. Because with Jesus, there is always hope. He is with you. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He is for you. 
And I don't want you to forget that today. That is the truth that comes from locking your eyes on Jesus, from taking your seat at the table with him. You never have to be overwhelmed by hopelessness because he is the God of hope. He, he fills you with joy and peace when you put your trust in him. We are called to overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit working in our lives and living in us. I want you to know today that there is always hope even in your darkest valley. I, I love what David says in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the darkest valley, what is his response? I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. It's that even though I will kind of faith that keeps the enemy at bay. Even though I'm really struggling right now, I will keep my eyes on Jesus. I will keep walking through the valley with him. Even though my marriage is struggling right now, I will keep loving like Jesus loves me. Even though I'm heartbroken because of things that are happening in my life, broken relationships, I will keep pressing on because Jesus is with me. It's the even though I will faith that comes, that from, that comes from trusting that God is actually with you and present in that circumstance. I love the story in 2 Kings uh, where you find Elisha the prophet uh, God has, has been speaking to him, and the enemies of Israel have been trying to attack him, but they can't have any success because every time they attack, uh, the Israelites are prepared because they know exactly what they're going to do. And how do they know that? Well, God speaks to the prophet Elisha, tells him, this is what the king of Aram is going to do to attack you. And Elisha would tell the king, be prepared, they're going to come at you here. So the king puts his troops there. Sure enough, they're ready for the attack. And the, Arame the Arameans never make any uh, successful attacks against the Israelites. So what do they do? Finally, the, the king of, of Aramea, he wisens up and he says, all right, we're going to go find Elisha. And so he finds out what city Elisha is in. And it says that Elisha and his servant wake up one morning and they, they find out that the house that they are in, the entire little town that they're at, is completely surrounded by the army of the Arameans. And the servant is terrified. He runs to Elisha and he says, Elisha, what are we going to do? We're surrounded by this army of Arameans. They are going to kill us. And it's at that moment that Elisha says something truly profound. He says to his servant, Lord, open his eyes. Let him see what I see. And it says at that moment, the Lord opens his servant's eyes. And when he looks up at the hills, he sees the Aramean army surrounding them. But surrounding the Aramean army are, are horses and chariots of fire. It is literally the army of the Lord that has encircled their enemies. And when you realize that, that God is fighting for you, when you realize that God is with you, you realize there is hope in any situation. You never have to be overwhelmed. There is no situation that is truly hopeless. And I want you to be encouraged today. When you sit at the table with the king, when you are locking eyes on Jesus, know that he is the ultimate source of hope. You, you are never in a position where you cannot make it. And I want you to be encouraged today. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let him kill your spirit. Don't let him destroy your soul. There is hope. That hope is found in taking your seat at the table, keeping the enemy at bay, and keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because he is the ultimate source of freedom. He is the ultimate source of power. He is the ultimate source of joy in your life. Claim that joy. Claim that hope that we have in Jesus. The other lie that I want to talk about today is this lie of worthlessness. You are hearing in your mind that you are not good enough. What a terrible, terrible lie that is. Where the devil says, how could God possibly love you? Look at what you've done. Look at who you are. 
Look at the choices that you've made. Look at your past. How could God possibly love you? How could he possibly ever use someone like you? You might as well give up because you are worthless. I'm telling you guys, that is a lie from the pit of hell. I want you to consider this truth today, that when you are invited to sit at this table with Jesus, do you know what that means? It means that Jesus paid the ultimate price so that you could sit at that table with him. Because this invitation, this invitation to sit at this table with Jesus, it's the most expensive invitation on the planet. You ever been to an expensive restaurant? You sit down and you're like, oh, this is going to cost a lot of money. We got a gift card one time to a very high-end restaurant, and we realized very quickly that gift card was not enough. We had brought our kids. We made a terrible mistake. Uh, we said, you're eating off the kid menu, and they're like, what? We wanted a steak and lobster. Like, you're getting McDonald's if you say that again. Um, <laughs> It's too much. Uh, <laughs> it's an expensive reservation. It's expensive dinner. It's like, oh, this is delicious, but boy, this is expensive. The reservation that you have at this table to sit with Jesus, it's a reservation that Jesus made for you on the cross. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name who is like no other, he has literally laid down his life so that you could have an invitation to sit at this table with him. How incredible is that? And so when the devil tries to tell you you're worthless, there's no way God could love you. I'm telling you today that is a lie from the pit of hell because God loves you with an extravagant love. And there's nothing you can do about it. Is anybody excited about that today? God loves you today with an extravagant love. There's nothing that you can do about that. The invitation that he gives you to, to have an intimate relationship, to have fellowship with him, it's the most expensive invitation on the planet. I want to make sure today that you have a chance to receive that invitation in your life, that you can say yes to that invitation before we close today. If you have never said yes to Jesus, if you've never accepted this invitation to sit at the table with him, I want you to consider today taking him up on this offer because Jesus paid a price we couldn't pay. He gave everything so that we could have this fellowship with him. That's the lie of worthlessness. We've got to overcome that in our lives because you are good enough. Jesus makes you good enough. The final lie is this lie of isolation. You're starting to believe that everyone is against you and that you're in this all by yourself. You're all alone. And I want to encourage you today that, that God is with you. If you're feeling like everybody in life is against you, then you're buying the lie of isolation. If you're feeling like you're all by yourself, you're overwhelmed because you're just trying to do this on your own, I want you to know that's a lie from the enemy because God is with you. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He is with you. I want to challenge you today, as we prepare to close, can we just think about what it looks like to keep the enemy away from your table? How do I keep the enemy from taking a seat at my table? Well, number one, I, like, I lock eyes on my king. Can we just say that together? Because I struggled to say that myself the first time. Say this with me. I lock eyes on my king. Do not take your eyes off of Jesus. I love what it says in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. 
and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That's who our God is. That's the God that we serve. That's who we are sitting at the table with. Keep your eyes on the king. Lock eyes on him and don't allow the enemy even a chance to sit at your table. Number two, I lock in on his word. Can we say that together? I lock in on his word. His word is life. God's word, it, it pierces us all the way down to our soul, to our spirit. It speaks his life to us. I love what David writes in Psalm 119. He says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You want to overcome these lies of the enemy? You want to keep him from pulling up a seat at the table, a table that he was not invited to? Keep your eyes locked on Jesus. Lock in on his word. Take your seat at that table and keep the enemy at bay. I want to ask you something today as we come to a close though. Has the enemy taken a seat at your table? Think about the lies that we've talked about today, the lie of comparison, the lie of hopelessness, the lie of worthlessness, the lie of isolation. I want to know today that if you're battling those lies, if you've been feeling overwhelmed, you've just been worried and anxious and you're wondering, ah, what's going on? I, I want you to know the devil's on the prowl. He's always looking for who he can devour. I think sometimes we just got to refocus and say, Jesus, I'm going to lock my eyes on you. I'm going to lock in on your word. I'm not going to give the enemy even a chance at taking a seat at my table. The first way we do that is by taking our seat at the table. I think that journey begins when I say yes to Jesus. And I want to encourage you that if you've joined us today and you've never said yes to Jesus, right now is the time that you can accept this invitation to a changed life, a life that is changed inside and out. It's changed when you say yes to Jesus. Ask him to come into your life to forgive you and to set you free. And I want to invite you in this moment to be able to respond in this way and say yes to Jesus. So would you stand with me in this moment? And together, can we pray this prayer? And if you're praying this prayer for the first time, I want to encourage you, this is a moment that will change your life. It, it changes your eternal destiny. It's you claiming your seat at the table with Jesus. So today, would you join all of us in saying this prayer together? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world that you gave your life to forgive my sins and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And we have to. Can we just give God the glory today because he paid the price we couldn't pay. It's the ultimate reflection of the love that he has for us. That's the price that he paid so we could have dinner with him so this reservation could be lived out in our lives. And he deserves all the glory and the praise because of that. Listen, if you've said yes to Jesus today for the very first time, uh, if you're in this room, I wanna invite you to come and say hi to Michelle. Michelle, I know you don't want to, but wave your hand at everybody. We've got a Bible for you. We wanna help you take your next steps in your relationship with him. If you're outside, Stu, I'm assuming right now, is waving his hand right now. Go talk to Stu. He wants to help you take these next steps in your faith. We, we take this seriously. We believe that when you say yes to Jesus, he changes your life and we wanna celebrate that you have begun this journey with him today. But on another note, I just wanna take advantage of this moment, you guys, this opportunity that we have together right now. 
because I, I see this now, I think, more than I've seen it in the last 20 years. I think we're surrounded by people, and if we're just being honest, we deal with this ourselves. We're surrounded by people, and we ourselves are constantly battling these lies of the enemy. He's doing everything he can to, to take our focus off of Jesus. He knows that if I stay locked in on the king, there's nothing that he can do. He knows that if I stay locked in on his word, there's nothing he can do. And yet he's looking for every weakness he can to get his seat at the table, to get our eyes off the king. And these lives that he speaks into our lives, you guys, we, we can't allow those to live or persist in, in our hearts. The lie of comparison. Have you been struggling with that? Have you been wondering if it's better at another table? The devil's been beating you down. He's stealing your joy. Man, may this be the, the moment that, that you end that. that you kick the enemy out of his seat at the table and tell him to go away. It's time to refocus, to lock eyes on the king, to lock in on his word. The lie of hopelessness, that you're not gonna make it. And I know there's a lot of people struggling right now and it, it hurts my heart every time I have a conversation with someone who's struggling with this one. You're gonna make it. You keep your eyes locked on the king. You lock in on his word. You never forget who you are. You are his child. You've been made in his image. You've been made by him and for him. He's preparing a place for you for your eternity. He loves you with an extravagant love. Never forget that you've been spoken for. You are his. You're gonna make it. The lie of worthlessness, when the devil tries to beat you down and say you're not good enough, never forget, you guys, Jesus paid the ultimate price so that you could have dinner with him. Take your seat at that table. Never forget how prized of a possession you are to Jesus. You are dearly and deeply loved by him. The lie of isolation, that you're doing this all alone, that everybody's against you, don't buy that lie because God is with you. You got to stay focused, lock eyes on the king, lock in on his word because his truth is life. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Don't, don't buy those lies. And so as we come to a close today, I'm, I've been praying for a moment of breakthrough. I've been praying that when we leave today, people are gonna leave having broken the bonds of the lies that the devil tells us. And so would you help me out here this morning? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And in this moment, would you just be honest with God? Would you say the devil's been on the prowl in my life and maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, the, the lie of comparison, I've been struggling with that. It's time for me to lay that down and give that to Jesus. The lie of hopelessness, man, the devil's been coming at me, coming at me with that one. I need to lay that one down at the feet of Jesus and, and surrender that to him. The lie of worthlessness, that somehow you're not good enough, that God doesn't want you at his table. And if that's a lie you've been struggling with, would you just lay that down at the feet of Jesus today? Would you walk away today in victory? I can't say this enough, Jesus is calling right now. <laughs> Can we just be honest? <laughs> Doesn't get clearer than that. If you were waiting for a sign, that's it. <laughs> the lie of isolation that you're alone. You guys, we're in this together. Guys, we're in this together. We're a family. You're not alone. You are dearly and deeply loved by God and this is your church family. Guys, we gotta claim this freedom. We gotta claim this life that we can only find in Jesus. I think we gotta claim it now. 
We're going to close with a word of prayer today, and then we're going to be dismissed. We're not singing another song, and I, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to do something a little bit different. If you just want to lay down one of those lies at the feet of Jesus, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to ask you, if you feel like now's a moment you just need a breakthrough, you just want to lay these down at the feet of Jesus, you want to take your seat at the table, and you want to kick the enemy right out of that chair that he's not been invited to, I just would invite you to come forward. I'd invite you to come forward to the front. I would love to pray a prayer of blessing over you, over your family, as we prepare to leave today. Don't hesitate. If God's speaking to you, if you're saying this is a lie of my life that I've been listening to and I need to surrender that to Jesus, now is the moment. I invite you to come forward right now. Just come forward. Let's stand here together as a family and lay these things down at the feet of Jesus. These are moments that I think are really important. I don't want this to be something that's emotional. I don't want this to be something you respond to just because you feel like, oh, peer pressure, everybody else is doing it. No, I want this to be a moment where you realize the enemy's taking a seat at your table and it's not gonna be that, that way anymore. Yeah. It's time for a breakthrough. And what a beautiful moment that is. So can we close this time together by just praying over these that have come forward and saying, no more lies. <laughs> the enemy's not gonna have a seat at my table anymore. And can we together just lift our hands to Jesus and pray a prayer of blessing today over those who have come forward to lay these lies down and say, no, this is not going to be what I listen to anymore. And prepare our hearts to leave just living life to the fullest, sitting at that table with Jesus. Let's pray together. God, I just want to thank you today for who you are, for the incredible love that you have for us, and for this moment that I believe symbolizes breakthrough. God, for those that have come forward who are standing here right now, God, I just pray your blessing and favor would rest upon them. God, we don't have to listen to the lies of the devil. God, I pray your just special courage and wisdom and strength for everyone who's come forward here, God, that they would be able to keep their, their eyes fixed on you, that they would stay focused on your word for their life, and God, that you would help them to walk in freedom knowing that they are dearly and deeply loved by you. God, there is hope, there is worth, there is life to the fullest that comes when we lock eyes on you and listen to your word. So God, may you fill us with your joy and peace today as we put our trust in you. God, may we overflow with your hope by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, may we take our seat at the table with you, the table you've prepared for us, and experience life to the fullest as we leave today. God, we praise you because there is no one like you. You have paid the price that we could not pay so that we could have this experience with you. So God, may we embrace this moment with you, and may we leave today changed, God, committed to growing closer to you and growing closer to you, God, than we ever have before. God, use us, we pray, and we love you, and we give you praise. We pray this together in your name, and together we say amen. Hey, can we give God praise again today? Because he is worthy. He is worthy. Um, hey, if, if you've been struggling, if you just need to talk, you need to pray, uh, Michelle is still up here. She would love to talk with you. Uh, I'll make myself available at the front here at the end of the service. We would love to talk with you, pray with you. But in the meantime, guys, know this. You are dearly and deeply loved. Crossroads family, we love you. We can't wait to worship again next week. Go in the grace and peace of Jesus and have a great week. You are loved.